Today's episode of The Throwback is brought to you by GameTime. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think football tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with GameTime, the ticket-buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. GameTime is the leader in last-minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download GameTime in the App Store or Google Play, work that clock to your advantage, and score last-minute tickets. Jake Seeley and Brad Ziegler. We have upsets to talk about, some sell-high candidates, a new offense in New York with the Jets and Sam Darnold, some backup quarterbacks coming into play and not better than the starters. Lots to unravel here today. Jake Seeley, all-in kid, Brad Ziegler, at Brad Ziegler, myself, at Chris Meany. If you're just joining us on Spotify, iTunes, thanks for taking the time to hang out. Happy Thanksgiving to those north of the border. That's right. We have some listeners. We have some listeners. Jake, don't roll your eyes. I know you're rolling your eyes over there. Um, if you aren't only because you're celebrating Thanksgiving already. <laughs> I know it's early. I know it is early. Um, yes, celebrating Thanksgiving today in Canada, north of the border. It is a little chilly up here, so all the, all those cliches. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Every... You say today? It is, is Thanksgiving is today. Th- Monday. Well, so it was like Thanksgiving in Canada. This is like I'm not trying to be a jerk with no. like the like the way I joke about Canada stuff what we do, but. Is it like a weekend festival for you guys? Because like I saw Pat was like talking about it on Friday and taking pictures and like Saturday and like it was like Thanksgiving like a like a four day thing up there. Kind of, and you know I always thought it was a four day thing down there because you know guys Thursday and then everyone takes Friday off and you have the whole weekend. You know it's it's Monday. Monday's the holiday. It's Thanksgiving Monday, like the holiday. But you have the weekend, right? I don't know about okay. Pat. I wasn't I wasn't no, doing no, anything but, on like, Friday, but yesterday was cur- basically Brad. You only day. eat on Thursday, right? It's not like you're eating on Thursday and then again. <laughs> on saturday and then again on like thursday well, leftovers the all weekend yeah leftovers yeah it's weekend. leftovers but okay i just was curious because like i saw pat like had like the whole setup and everything i'm like what how many days is thanksgiving up there <laughs> which is fair <laughs> uh i ate yesterday i have some leftovers today I, I don't know too many people who who eat on the friday and have the leftovers for the whole weekend but you guys have it made i mean thursday is is kind of where it's at right you have thursday you have the football then you have the weekend to to eat all the leftovers and just relax. But nonetheless, <laughs> and if you go to Walmart, you can get Christmas stuff already. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, Christmas stuff already. <laughs> Last week, it's the, I used to be one of the people who were like, "Hey, it's cool. It's the day after Halloween. Go right ahead." But you know, at, we're three weeks out from Halloween still. Like, chill out, <laughs> Brad. How early do you put up your Christmas lights and decorations? Oh, the week of Thanksgiving. But we we actually we'll put them up before that. Um, but we don't turn the lights on until Thanksgiving night. Nice. So they just stay yeah. off um, just so, so we can get them like up while the weather's good and the roof's not icy. So I think working with Jake over the past few years, like I've just I'm, I, I get into the American Thanksgiving. Like he, he, Jake always does a show, like some fun stuff, like, you know, what are you eating and what are you going to do? And I, I just I kind of get into the spirit myself. So 
me in Canada actually put up my Christmas stuff. Thanks, American Thanksgiving as well. Like, I just kind of want to be included with the team. Oh, I thought you were going to say Canada Thanksgiving. I was like, holy oh, crap. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm at Walmart <laughs> buying all the Christmas stuff already. Yeah, my house is decked out. No chance. Um, we spent enough on Canadian Thanksgiving. But, again, if you are not a subscriber at The Athletic, really, you're missing out. Jake's going to have his article coming out today. Salfino does a little scouting notebook every Monday morning. There's lots of shows, fantasy shows, basketball, fantasy draft guide. We got NBA season launching soon. All kinds of stuff at The Athletic. And if you are a subscriber, you're going to get absolutely everything, not just the fantasy articles, every article, every podcast. So head over to theathletic.com slash the throwback. We'll get you 40% off. All right, guys, let's get into week six, basically just in the books. I, I, I kind of want to start. There's a few teams that were very disappointing yesterday. The Cowboys, the Rams, the Chargers. The Chargers and me, they're fresh. We watch some Sunday Night Football. Actually, I don't know, Jake, how much you watch. I kind of, I'll be honest, I turned the game off towards the end of the third quarter. <laughs> I have two TVs, so I was able to watch that and the baseball game. Yeah, so I watched good call. the entire thing. Yeah, all right. Big takeaways from the Chargers. I mean, this is a team that there's just always seems to be an excuse every time the Chargers play, but they are one of the most disappointing, overhyped teams I think that <laughs> I have you know come across over the past decade or so. So I'm going to take this a couple ways with the chargers. Uh, the, the biggest takeaway I took from the chargers was two things is one is Melvin Gordon. You could feel good about him as an RB one, just on the use and the fact that how much he was still used when they were down so quickly and down for what was essentially the entire game. And he was still used almost 60% of the time. And this is only a second game back. Austin Eckler still saw a 40 plus percent. So again, to the point of they're both useful, but you don't have to worry too much about Melvin Gordon. The other side of it, is going forward, the question was how healthy, how effective in Hunter Henry's first game back. Mm. And got to tell you, I'm not saying Keenan Allen's panic time, but you have to worry about the consistency of Keenan Allen going forward because there's going to be days where Keenan Allen goes back to Keenan Allen, like 13 targets or whatever. But the last three games, he's just not getting the ball his direction. And now you add Hunter Henry back into the mix with a healthy Melvin Gordon. And it's just Keenan Allen. I don't think he's in the top five, top, probably even top 10 conversation at this point anymore. He's still fringe wide receiver one, but I think you're going to have to suffer through some games like yesterday, where if it's Mike Williams getting some of the open targets, if it's the coverage is rolled over the, like they just have options now, now that everybody's back into the fold. So as disappointing as the team was from a fantasy perspective, that's where I'm at. I will say one more thing of it from the Steelers. Again, you guys know this. I said going into the game and I still should have ticked it. This is one of the ones where, I fight my own projections because of what I know as watching football. And what have I, have I said pretty much since they traded for Fitzpatrick is Steelers past defense has become better than people realize. And it wasn't completely shut down. And some of the points they gave up were late on the good side of it, as in supporting the defensive argument here. But let's give the Steelers past defense some credit. It's much better than people want to give it credit for. Yeah, I'd, I would agree with that. They, <clears throat> the biggest thing they did and, and, I, I don't know how much of it is the Steelers and how much of it is the Chargers offensive line, but they were all over Phillip Rivers all night. And and there was that no too, running yeah. game for the Chargers. They were putting Rivers on his back. They were it was it was really impressive. They they were in his face making, you know, making him make tough throws. Those two throws at the end where he ended up throwing the pick, but he should have thrown a pick on the one before it. That he was just like chucking it up and, and hoping because he was in his own end zone and they were in his face two seconds after the snap. And it was it was just a, a really impressive performance by their defense. I think their their secondary is decent, but I think it starts with their pass rush and and just making making quarterbacks uncomfortable. And and on the flip side, the Steelers, it, you know, I, Devon Hodges is not a not a fantasy option by any means. But 
last night they did a lot of stuff to make him successful. It was all quick throws, um, not you know, not having to make a lot of decisions. It was just like dump off to James Conner, dump off to James Conner, slant route, you know, what whatever. But it was, it was last night was the James Conner show. It was let's let's get the ball out of Hodges' hands as quick as we can. Put him. That's that's his position to succeed. Let's put him in that spot. And and they dominated that game, but it started with their defense getting that that touchdown early in the game, and and you know setting up field position the whole the whole night. Yeah, I mean James Conner was the star of the show yesterday. I mean, 16 carries, 41 yards, had the rushing touchdown, caught seven of seven balls thrown his way for another 78 yards and a receiving touchdown, and then he leaves the game in the third quarter with a quad injury. Benny Snell, did you see enough from you know Benny Snell, Jake, to, to kind of see how this offense will roll if James – it was much like the week before, right, right with James Conner and Jalen Samuels. Everything went through, I think, maybe two weeks before, before Mason Rudolph really suffered that injury. It, everything went through those two running backs. Like, if Connor does miss some time here, is Snell, do you dial him up as, like, a top 15 running back? No, because no. he's Benny Snell. He just, Benny well, you Snell do next Jordan. week because they play the Dolphins. No, week not seven, next week. Next week Dolphins. they're on a bye. They're on a bye. Oh, they're okay. And then no, they okay. have okay. – yeah, so, so Connor may be fine. I just saw um, their next um, game was against the Dolphins. Yeah, so obviously, yeah, to, to that point, if James, but that's the thing is I don't think James Conner is going to miss too much time. There is reports that, you know, this was a playoff – like the whole – if it was a playoff game, he's still in the game, all that type of stuff or whatever. So, you know, they playoffs. had the lead. They have a – yeah, playoff. They have, <laughs> yeah, they have the bye week. They have, you know, no, no threat in that game. So it's just why risk James Conner anymore. Like he's already kind of hurting. You know, it's alien. It's basically Charlie Horseish type of stuff. But if – there's a chance he's out. Then, obviously, just because of the workload, and as Brad said, it's facing the Dolphins. But when it comes down to it, it's like the same thing. Jordan Howard would be top 15 facing the Dolphins. That's who he is. He's a straight-line runner. He's going to take what's given. If it's not given there, he doesn't see it. He's going to run into the offensive line. He's going to get tackled if he can't find his own hole because he can't create a lot of them. And that's why I've been poo-pooing and not poo-pooing. Like, I don't I like hate the guy, but... Just don't get overly overly excited for Benny Snell if James Conner was to miss too much time. Uh, going forward, I don't even think he's anything more. He's not. He's not anything more than a handcuff because he wasn't even getting touches until James Conner was just getting so run into the great. He was getting the Pittsburgh Steelers treatment, and that's what we love to see mm. with James Conner. And then they finally mixed in Benny Snell a little bit, and then obviously he came out of the game. It was completely different at that point. Brad, what do you do if you own Juju Smith-Schuster? You just hold on to him. Like I, I saw where Jake had him ranked in the mid twenties. Like that's probably the lowest Jake where you've had him ranked all season. Yeah, I mean, Brad, what do you yeah, do? Yeah, I mean, you, you, you kind of have to. You can't. On. I mean, what are you going to get for him at this point? I mean, it's you're not going to drop him, but you're also not going to be able to get any kind of value trade wise. So you hold on to him, Mason Rudolph. You know, hopefully he'll be back by their their next game, and at least you know they they talked. At, you know, at least talked the talk of getting Juju more you know, some more play. It didn't happen last night, but I don't think anyone expects it to happen with Devlin Hodges. So you got to hope that I actually Mason think Hodges will... is better for him. Like, it, I don't and think, it's I don't possible. Think... I mean, he just didn't look his way at all. It was all James Conner. He, he had no, one, he did. one catch. And... You're right. You're right. But I was, I like the fact that Hodges was at least taking shots. Like, I, I mean, I guess in a half and a point, full point PPR, it might be better for Mason Rudolph to be a quarterback. I just feel like everything's going to be checked inside the five to 10 yard range. That's the only issue. So you're, you're right. But that's my concern. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I, you can't, like I said, you got to run him out there because the upside's there, but right now, like he's, he's a wide receiver three at best. And, and we know what the upside is, but we also know that he can put up nights like last night where, you know, he's, he's not even going to score in the top 50 wide receivers. And, and that's just the risk you got to take. There might be a buy low window here for Melvin Gordon. I know Jake, you said, you know, 
dial him up as an RB1, but I think people just maybe looking at the box score and just seeing like eight for 18 or, you know, not really involved through the air all that much. But we know what he can do. I mean, four targets, three catches. I, I feel like there's a buy low window here. And would you sell Hunter Henry? I gave some bad advice, I'll, I'll admit. Somebody said they were going to use their number one claim on, on Henry and trade uh, Will Disley, and I was like... Uh, maybe you just keep Henry, or maybe just keep Will Disley and trade the bigger name, <laughs> and then Disley goes down. He's well, done for the season. You can't predict that, yeah. of course. But um, you know, somebody probably listening to the show is is shaking their head at me. But <laughs> w- what would you do with Henry? I mean, he was limited, quote unquote, limited. He played fewer than fifty percent of the snaps. Yeah, just like point, George Kittle. Yeah, just like George Kittle. Nine targets, eight grabs for hundred yards. You just hold on to this guy, knowing his upside, but at the same time, yep. knowing how fragile he is and how fragile he has been over the past couple of years. It's not even just fragile. Let's talk about the the position. I mean, just lost Disley now. On top of it, too, Evan Ingram was out this week with the injury. So you look at the fact of the position is definitely rebounding of what it was last year, but it's still, especially when you once we hit the fourteen buys, which we're already in. Mm-hmm. It gets thin super quick. Like there's a good collective of top 10 talent. And then it's just a huge drop off. Like every single week I'm looking at 11 to 20. I'm like, this is disgusting. Like, am I really ranking Jeremy Sprinkle is tight in 18? Like it's just, it's gross. And so for that point, I'm not going to hold because I'm not going to hold not, uh, I don't want to say a lottery ticket. I'm just not going to hold that kind of value in my hand just to hold it on worrying that my other tight end being Will Disley is going to suffer Achilles injury. I mean, that could happen basically. You could have kept Henry and he could have came out and aggravated his injury in that game and Disley could have been fine this week. So, you know, I would have told the person the same thing, a little bit different. Usually in that situation, I say just trade whichever gets you more. Like a lot of people have said, like, I have George Kittle and Hunter Henry. Who should I trade? I have Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. Who should I trade? Whoever gets you more because they're so close. Who gets you more, more help? That's who you should trade. If you have Hunter Henry and you have an Evan Ingram or George Kittle or Mark Andrews or Darren Waller, trade whichever gets you more. Preferably, to your point, Chris, trade Henry because he's got the injury history. But if somebody, the best in your league you could do for Henry is like an RB2 and somebody's willing to give you like a fringe RB1, a good one, buy low on Melvin Gordon, but you can't get him for Hunter Henry, I would go get Melvin Gordon instead and just hold Hunter Henry. Now, I don't want them on the same team, but you get my point. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to imagine anyone having two solid tight ends, to your point, right? I mean, the, the most, the two guys who were picked up the most last week at the tight end position, Chris Herndon suffered the injury, and it looks like maybe he could be silent for a couple weeks, and then Gerald Everett does absolutely nothing for you this past week. Jake, which I, I drafted both in my home league. I have Kittle and Henry. I'm happy now. Yeah, I mean, if <laughs> sure, if you have those guys, that's, that's great. I mean... Austin Hooper's another one who's just he's he's that's he's, a good other one. Go yeah, back. he's he's just been he's been lights out. Even you know in a soft matchup against Arizona, he's just been lights out. I'm oh like, yeah, I tweeted that out, Chris. Yesterday, I said it was the chalkiest chalkness to ever chalk. And I was like, yeah. come on, like people are like oh, Austin Hooper. Like no kidding, everybody loved Austin Hooper. Yeah, and you know he's just been good all season, right? I just want to give him a ton of credit. Yeah. I mean, he finished with the sixty-five percent of you people who didn't play him in DFS are stupid. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so now he well, last year he had t- top four catches among tight ends. Like everyone talked about the big three, but nobody really mentioned Hooper. And now, you know, after six weeks, 42 grabs, 50 targets, 480 yards. I mean, he's leading all tight ends and catches. He's second in all tight ends and with the, the 480 yards, and he's got three scores just behind Will Disley, and we just mentioned him. So I want to move over to the Rams because I thought they were another disappointing team. And now I want to give a lot of credit to San Francisco, and I think we did last week. Brad, you were all no, over the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, all, all three of us, <laughs> we have a lot of respect for the 49ers. No, I, did you say I'm going to give it to you? <laughs> I thought you said I thought you were going to give it to me for the hate of Jared Goff. That's like, oh um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> sure, Goff deserves <laughs> deserves some hate. I mean, I I don't even know if this guy is a hold. I don't know what to do moving forward. 
What, Jake, what was your big takeaway from this offense? Obviously, you know, Todd Gurley, Malcolm Brown, really not a factor at all. It looks like Daryl Henderson was getting involved, and, and you know, but it took a, a long time for him to get involved. He had two solid runs. But this was an, a very underperforming performance from the Rams. They couldn't, <laughs> underperforming yeah, performance. They couldn't move the ball. They had it, like, about 20 minutes yesterday. They just looked – like, that score was 20-7. to 7, But if you watch that game, it like, the Rams were not even close to competing against San Francisco. I don't really know. Forget here's the biggest thing: is you took away one of the biggest weapons any team has. Uh, you know, even if it's a ninety percent, we never see what the full talk early ever is. Still, ninety percent is better than ninety percent of the other backfields, and that's the truth. So you take that away, that's going to play a factor. You've been talking up, and you know, for as much as I'll go out there and say, "Oh, it was like felt like a victory lap week for me." Like a lot of people were like, "Thank you for this, thank you for that," blah blah blah. And I was like, "Hey, like it's just one of those. I feel good at the same time." I was too slow in the 49ers. I was definitely wrong about them when I said I still am not buying in at 3-0. and I'm definitely wrong about how good that – I thought the defense was good, did not think it was this good. So I want to give some credit to the 49ers. The confusing thing I look at with yesterday was the usage of Cooper Cup, and it's because Cooper Cup is a top-five wide receiver on the season in fantasy. You could argue he is a top-ten wide receiver in real life to this point, the way that he's been playing this year, at least for this season – and he was third behind Woods and Cooks in snaps. And it just, Cooks was limited going into practice all week. And you just come into this game and you don't use Cup that much. And you just don't get him going. And I mean, if you want Goff to have any prayer, you want to get him going. Gerald Everett had less snaps than Tyler Higby. Like, it was just weird. I, I you know, I know Sean McVay's a genius and all that type of stuff. I've feel like maybe he got into his something wasn't right like you watch that game as much things as I want to joke about golf and the offense and all that type of stuff there that game was not a Rams game there was something off whether credit all is deserved to go to the 49ers whatever it is but you have to again be concerned and this is not my taking a victory lap because Emory Hunt was the one who pointed it out to me during the Rams bye week last week about this whole shutting off the headset thing and waiting for defenses to disguise what they're going to show and yes a lot of teams do that and But the fact was, not everybody was doing it. Not everybody was doing it to the degree of waiting that long to show what they were planning to do on defense. And ever since that game, the Rams, 49, or the Rams offense and Jared Goff have been miserable since the book was written on how to stop Jared Goff. Brad, good thing for Jared Goff and the Rams. I mean, they've lost three straight. I, I don't know. Touch on whether you think they can even make the playoffs anymore. I mean, they got a land in Cincinnati coming. It's very positive. But, man, there's not a lot to like about this offense right now. No, there, there's not. And they like the, you know, the one thing that they have so much talent on defense and their defense isn't stopping anybody either. I mean, Aaron Donald got his second and third sacks of the night of the season last night. He, he hadn't done much in the first few games. And, and granted, he's probably getting double teams like crazy, but they're right. in a tough division that the Niners are are a really good team. The Seahawks are a really good team. I, I mean, at this point, how do you see them jumping over either one of those two? Like, they're not better than either one of those teams without a major injury to one of those teams. So I, I say at this point, like, I, they're not a playoff team to me. Um, they could still be very fantasy relevant. Um, it sounds like Gurley's going to be back next week. And if that happens, then then you at least hope. I, I, you know, I, I'm not sure exactly what happened because Malcolm Brown was decent on the ground. yesterday. He wasn't great, but he was adequate. He was 11 carries, 40 yards. Um, you know, they just, they couldn't move the ball at all. And, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like, I mean, he even had better running numbers than Christian McCaffrey outside of the touchdowns. And, and it was, it's just a completely different scenario. Golf is just not very good. Yeah. He had Everett down the, 
did you see the final play? I was just I was just watching, even though I knew the game was completely <laughs> over. He had Everett down the sidelines, like completely wide open, and Goff just overthrew him. That was oh, by a, I actually thought he was going to hit that one to save everybody's day, right? especially with the Gerald Everett. It was just like, Same. and then it was just yeah, it was. It felt like an Eli Manning throw. I mean, how many times yeah. did Eli Manning had somebody streaking down the field? Is like, oh, and he even Eli had like Manning a missed e- another one deep. Even had like an Eli Manning reaction too. It was like very like huffy and puffy, like oh, you know, like just overthrew him like should have had him like it was just a weird look on his fla- face it's just so- speaking of which yeah that was that was another that's yeah, that another victory lap i'm taking this week because everybody's like uh see, where'd all the people are telling you were crazy to hate on daniel jones after one game you're damn right you know, exactly exactly <laughs> what i tell you you face the buccaneers defense chill the hell out i will say one thing i want to get your guys opinion on this because i was saying this to the people who were saying it's like you know let's have a real conversation about it both of you guys i'm curious and it was this was another one i was actually texting with emory about this People came out of that game defending Daniel Jones, and they're saying, oh, at least he's aggressive, and you got to like what he's doing. People, that was the exact same game, play style, decision-making that Eli Manning was doing before he got benched, and people were blasting the living hell out of Eli Manning for playing the exact same way. But for Daniel Jones, it's because he's aggressive, Chris. Yeah, I, I guess maybe everyone was just so hard on him early. They're just trying to like bring it back a little bit. Let's like say some good things, but you're right. I mean, he was, he was super aggressive, and he, you know... I, Again, it's the Patriots defense, and how good are the Patriots defense? I, I don't know that we know. I know. They I know. They're setting anybody. records, Brad. Like, before yesterday's games. I mean, they looked vulnerable early. They did. They really did. Yeah, before yesterday's games, only Christian McCaffrey had more fantasy points. Like, a couple quarterbacks, of course, like Mahomes, <laughs> Lamar Jackson. But only Christian McCaffrey had more fantasy points than the Patriots defense. And I was looking into it. I think it was, like, eight fewer points. Like, what they have now, I believe it's, like, 122. Last year, they finished with 135. But the 122 fantasy points they have right now is a defense is like more than what 25 teams had last year all of last season. Is is this crazy? <laughs> I don't want to call any big names out, but on ESPN on Friday morning they're talking about trading like Mike Evans and Melvin Gordon oh and like no, Odell Beckham Jr. for defenses. Tra- Unbelievable. Yeah, top 20 running back, top 20 wide receiver, anything of value, and they say here for the Patriots defense, you accept it. Don't ask us. Go accept it immediately. You trade defenses anytime you can get value for defenses. Yeah, you're um, you're obviously on the same page, right, Brad? I mean, the defense is good, and the schedule is still soft coming up. you got the Jets. you got Cleveland, who Baker throws picks left, right, and center. But, I mean, if you can get a, a top 30 player at each position – Maybe not tight end. Uh, yeah, thousand percent. Not maybe not quarterback. No, not quarterback. What, yeah, running back, but, wide receiver. Yeah, because they're later sure on after their bye. They've got the they've got the Eagles, which is a pretty good offense. They've got the Cowboys, which is a can be a good offense. They've got the Texans, which is a good offense. They have got the Chiefs. Chiefs, which is a good offense. You don't want anything to do with those four weeks. If at least I don't. I don't. I mean, you you run them out there because. Um, you know, they're, you probably don't have anybody better, but at the same time, like you got to understand, they're not going to put up the same points against those four teams that they're putting up right now. They've played the soft, softest schedule I have ever seen in my life through six weeks. It's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. And they, I, I just don't Might know well how good they weeks. are. <laughs> yeah. 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 Fair, fair enough. Like I, I really don't know how good their defense is. Cause I honestly don't feel like they're being tested. They're playing right now. Uh, what I feel like are, are pretty good college teams are like really good college hey. teams. But Can I ask you something, Brad? <laughs> like, sure. as a former player, you look at the schedule, and it, like, the, there's six games that are predetermined. The divisions who you play are predetermined. Everything's predetermined, and obviously where you finish. But seeing how the schedule lays out, and then also they slap the bye between at Ravens at Eagles. As a player, like if you're out, if you were an NFL player, not a major league baseball player, and you were sitting there, would you? Part of you be like, 
Seriously? Like NFL, like ser- you're telling me I'm supposed <laughs> to sit here and not think there's a little bit of favoritism going on? Yeah, no question. I mean, and granted, we didn't think the Steelers would be as bad as they were week one. Um, and, and honestly, the Bills had a great chance to beat them in week four. But outside of that, it's, I mean, they're playing. It's Yeah, it's all stacked at the beginning. It's like while they're healthy, they're just dominating these teams. It allows them to rest some of their starters. Like, yeah, it it does kind of feel that way. And, and at the same time, you know, back when they made the schedule, who knew that the Dolphins were going to sell everybody off and, and, you know, it's, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, just, the Dolphins don't who knew, anyway. <laughs> you know, yeah, Sam Darnold was going to get mono, you know, all this stuff was, has happened where it's like just played into their favor. And at the same time, I, I do think they're a good team. I'm not saying they're not a good team. And, and I've got a lot of Boston fans that follow me from my Red Sox days on Twitter. I am, I am saying they're a good team. I just don't know how good their defense actually is because I really don't feel like they've been tested. Like talk to me after week 14 when they played three or four good offenses and we'll see, you know, at how many games Tom Brady has actually had to go and win himself as opposed to, you know, the, the defense winning the game for him. I, you know, I, I'm not really even impressed with their offense. Like, maybe it's just because their their competition, they're playing down, they don't really feel like – even in that game against the Giants, like the Giants obviously hung around for a while. I mean, there was a point in the fourth quarter, I believe they were just down by a touchdown, and you're just trying to figure out, you know, why isn't New England moving the football? And they moved it a little bit late, but, Jake, I don't know. Like, I just – I'm not sold in their offense. Like, Josh Gordon goes down. I don't even want to start this guy moving forward. Like, he hasn't even been all that good. He's been battling knee injuries. Luckily, he didn't blow his knee out on that play. It looked bad. I haven't heard anything, you know, since that Thursday night game. But, I, you know, he wasn't even really involved in that offense before he went down. And then Jacoby Myers comes in, and he's getting targets left, right, and center. Like, what? how do you even feel about Gordon? Like, I know you probably just don't want to drop him, but he doesn't feel no. like a starter, starting wide receiver to me. It's hard not to start him against the Jets. But, I know, but the same uh, thing against the Giants. He played the Giants. He's had great matchups. He ain't doing anything. No, and that's the biggest. Well, oh, what did I say? Like, and then, I it's hate, the Patriots. I, I, can I take trust, that back? Can I not say what did I say? Anybody I in the Patriots? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm going back to something I said last week, and I, I hate that effect because it just sounds like I'm not trying to be like told you so, but it, it, I don't know how else to say it. Well, I mean, what other just words can I use? So. The truth. It's all good. But the. I know, but the truth of the game, what I, I did say that Josh Gordon was going against Jenkins, and if Jenkins had turned the yeah. corner, he was the concerning one in that matchup. That's the only one we had to be concerned about, and that's why I said Julian Edelman was going to feast, and J- Jacoby Myers could be interesting. If Janoris Jenkins, like Marshawn Lattimore, had turned the corner after those first three games, that's the concerning matchup, and that's who Josh Gordon had. Now, obviously, we were expecting him to get hurt on top of it, but against the Jets, you have to feel a little bit better, but... You know, Jacoby Myers is playing well, and they're getting Nikhil Harry back. Not that I think Nikhil Harry is going to be a significant threat in his first game back, but to answer that question about what you said is, like, you can't feel great about Josh Gordon this entire season until, like, it's only one. It's kind of on the conversation of some of the other guys we've already talked about. It's kind of, if you can, bench him until you see him get it right. Would you, would you take a flyer on Jacoby Myers, Brad? Oh, 100%. In a deep league, yeah, for sure, because he's at least going to have an opportunity, especially if Gordon, I don't know if Gordon's going to miss any time, but if he does, or if he ever misses time down the road. um, Gordon just looks slow. Gordon just looks slow to me. The the hard part for me, so so yesterday, Brian Baldinger just tweeted this out and said, the Rams had five plays yesterday where they need to get one yard for a first down, and they didn't get it any of the times. They were 0 for 5 against the Niners. When Brady needs one yard, he quarterback sneaks. And this the the hard part about this is you drafted Sony Michelle thinking that yeah. he was oh, going yeah. to be at a minimum the goal line back. Like you don't know how the the, the Patriots are going to use the running backs, but you think at least Michelle's gonna be the goal line back. He's not even getting goal line carries now. And at twenty-two carries, eighty-six yards, like that's 
that's very average efficiency at best. He's, he finally caught two passes. Um, but at the same time, like it, it's just not the kind of usage you expect out of your, or, or, or the production you expect out of your fourth round running back in this offense. And even when he's getting the lion's share of the carries, I, like if you can get anything for Sony Michelle right now, I trade him because it, it's only going to get tougher going forward. They're going to have to pass more to stay in some of these games, uh, you know, in the second half of the season. You know, it, it's just, just typical 101 New England Patriots running backs, right? They fresh, they've been frustrating us for, for years. And Jake even brought it up. I think it was on Wednesday's show. Would you start Brandon Bolden in a deep league, knowing that he could put potentially just get a touchdown, and that's exactly what happened. Actually, Dude got a touchdown. I, I actually had the ranking show. I actually made a bet to start uh, Brandon Bolden over Jonathan Hillman. <laughs> there, so there you go. go. I mean, he finds the end zone. He's got two rushing touchdowns in his last three games. All Belichick wanted to do was talk about Brandon Bolden after the game. Yeah, Brandon Bolden, he's a nice utility guy. We can use him in a lot of situations. It's like, shut the hell up, Brandon Bolden. Like, are you kidding me? We spent enough time with the Patriots. They do have a game against the Jets this coming week, and I really wanted to talk about the Jets. It's a new-look offense, really. It's the first time we've seen Sam Darnold. Week one, he was probably sick up against the Bills' defense. Like, he looked pretty good yesterday. 23 for 32, 338 yards, two touchdowns. Robbie Anderson's finding the end zone. What was a tough matchup? Jameson Crowder now two games with Sam Darnold. He's been he's been solid, very good. Six catches for 98 yards. I think he had, what, 99 yards in that very first game, double-digit catches. Demarius Thomas even catching some balls. I think the biggest takeaway for me, Jake, was, and maybe this is just Adam Gase, but when they were, they almost gave that game away in the fourth quarter because they didn't even really want to use Lev Bell. They, Arnold was just throwing the ball. He threw the pick, and there was a play where they went three and out where they didn't try to run the ball at all. It almost gave Dallas an opportunity to get back in the game. Like, if it wasn't for a two-point combo, a failed two-point combo, maybe it goes to overtime, but... How do you see this offense playing out? Because I think guys like, obviously, Crowder could be owned. He's widely available. Even Robbie Anderson is owned. Yeah, you got this week against the Patriots, but the schedule gets really nice moving forward. It does. Uh, my only concern is one, and that's Jamison Crowder. As much as I love Jamison Crowder, and I actually somebody at The Athletic asked me to start Auden Tate or Jamison Crowder in full-point PPR, and I told him Crowder. And for a little while there, looking like I was going to be like, oh, whoops, sorry, buddy. <laughs> it worked out in the end, but my concern is I – I'm more hesitant because of Demarius Thomas use and because until Jameson Crowder kind of turned a little bit on towards the end of that game, Demarius Thomas was outpacing him there for a little while. And that's my concern. Like Robbie Anderson still has the matchups and, you know, maybe for some of the matchups, like the, when he faces the Patriots against Gilmore, I mean, yeah. basically just write him off and that'll can be a Jameson Crowder game. But I think Jameson Crowder has to deal with Demarius Thomas. And for that alone, it just, it tempers my expectations a little bit. Their snap count was actually exactly the same. They were both on the field for 50 snaps. And it's, they're basically running a three wide, which is fine because that's good for Le'Veon Bell. who's out there for 51 snaps too. So everything's better with Sam Darnold back. Let's be realistic about Luke Falk, who they let go. Any other quarterback that's back there, they just don't have a legitimate backup option. So you have to feel better about it. But I say all that to say temper your expectations on Jamison Crowder just because with this is now that Demarius Thomas is in the fold, I just think it's going to be a little bit more inconsistent than we had hoped. Yeah, I think that's fair, but also <clears throat> I think their defense is better than a lot of people give them credit for. And I, it'll be interesting to see if and and having Sam Darnold a, as a quarterback makes their defense better because their offense keeps them off the off the field for a little bit, gives them time to breathe. Where the last three weeks they were spending two thirds of the game out on the field and and you know being just run down by the end of it. It'll be interesting to see this game against the Patriots because, <clears throat> excuse me, I think there's a chance that that the Jets. Um, actually hanging around in this game and and are able to to 
you know, maybe not move the ball a ton against the Patriots, but move the ball enough to make their defense relevant, kind of like the Bills did a couple weeks ago, because I think their defense is pretty good. And, and I don't, I'm not sold, like Chris, you mentioned it, I'm not sold on the Patriots offense yet. And it'll be interesting to see how, you know, how this game plays out, because I think there's a chance the Jets beat him. Like, I'm, I'm really nervous. I'm definitely nervous about the, the spread in this one. Um, it, it's a 10-point spread, and it's at New York. Like, I, I would be very inclined to take the Jets in that bet. Well, you were all over the Jets against the Cowboys. You said you were very <clears throat> nervous about the Cowboys. And, I mean, there's some people in my, in my Survivor Leagues that are absolutely done by picking the Chargers, picking the Dallas Cowboys. Like, it just is one of those games. And, and sidebar for a second, you, obviously <laughs> professional athlete. And big series, like when you have a division rival coming to town towards the end of the season and you're just playing a mediocre team, are you looking ahead? Like, can we make an excuse? Like, I just saw on Twitter everywhere, oh, typical look-ahead game, Dallas-Philly, Sunday night football, division on the line. Like, is that really a thing? No way. Not when you go on the road. Like, it's I, – I, I think it can be a uh, it can be a thing at some point, especially, like, you get to the end of the regular season and you've already wrapped up a playoff spot. And then you, you like, you're just kind of like, oh, let's just stay healthy. Let's line our pitching up. That that's a totally different scenario in baseball. You don't have that chance in football, except for you know week 17 when you've already clinched the first round by. You bench everybody. Then at that point, like your starters definitely are looking ahead at that point because you you know you're probably not not uh, even going to play in that game. So you don't prepare the same way. It, the The mentality in the locker room is is definitely different. I I agree with that. I don't think it happens in week six. I I will, and especially when you go on the road. Like if, I think the Cowboys. I don't think they were looking past looking for Philly. Nothing like they. I mean, they, I think they're just not as good as everybody thought they were. And we all knew early on they had those first four games, three or four games against a really cake schedule. It was, you know, yeah, give me all the Dak and Amari Cooper and whatever in those games. And now at this point, like, I don't know how good this offense is because when they're starting to play legit defenses, they're not moving the ball. They didn't do it against Green Bay until the second half. They didn't do it against the Jets till the second half. They're, they're basically taking advantage of prevent defenses, and that's the only time they're moving the ball. They're, they're getting dominated in the first half of games, and right now they're not even competitive whenever the game's on the line. And Amari Cooper dealing with, uh, I guess, a thigh bruise. There's some reports, Jake, that he was, like, in significant pain. And now this morning, like, after the game, and now this morning, I'm, th- you know, I'm seeing that he could potentially play. If he doesn't, I mean, Michael Gallup, you <laughs> dialing up him in DFS. Because I, mean, I know you are all over Stefan Diggs. I think as a trio, we expected a Diggs <laughs> breakout against that Eagles secondary. No, so uh, where's the question though? Are you sticking? Uh, you, are we talking about the digs? Or are we talking about no, Amari Cooper? No, talking about Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. <laughs> okay. Like Gallup is is somebody that has been cheap in DFS, and he's been pretty decent in his you know, small sample size. He's also been dropping the ball a little bit much, which is concerning. Like uh, honestly, there should have been more receptions for Michael Gallup, especially in the beginning. I mean, Michael Gallup's hands are starting to be concerning at this point, but. It's still, if Cooper misses time, I mean, there's going to be a huge stock up for Michael Gallup because now he turns into the number one for this team. And the talent-wise, I don't know if he's quite to the point where he's definitively a number one talent NFL-wise. You know, we've talked about that. We've had conversations about wide receivers in general with that kind of talk. But I kind of think he might be Anquan Bolden, where he's good enough to be a 1B, which is a very high ceiling and somebody that can do quite a lot if Cooper misses time. So he's going to be a must-start. It's not going to matter what the matchup is. He's going to be somebody who's probably like in the top 20 conversation. Actually, he will be in the top mm, 20 conversation. Yeah. There's no Cooper. And then, of course, C- Cobb, if healthy, comes into the mix as well. It'll be interesting to see. Maybe Devin Smith gets back on the radar. But 
uh cooper is definitely concerned but yeah that the other side of the ball that was fun with dicks yeah that was with dicks uh, yeah let's go back to that in a second but yeah devin smith for sure probably will will pop up i mean he's got zero catches his last three games but if cooper misses some time uh for sure one thing i will say about bell and just watching the 3.6 yards per attempt was the highest, and I, I think we said that he would be a little bit more efficient with Sam Darnold, but the 14 attempts were the, the fewest he's had all season, and just the one target, one catch. I mean, he's had at least four targets, four catches in every single game. I don't know. Maybe we'll get a little bit more efficient, Bell, but I don't know if he's going to touch the ball as much as, as he would before. So, yeah, Stefan Diggs. I mean, we saw this coming, right? I mean, we the Eagles secondary is an absolute joke, and they just completely forgot that Diggs was – even on the field. I mean, <laughs> he was just wide open all the time. He was just running go routes and just blowing by every single guy that was covering him. I mean, first it was Sidney Jones is dealing with a hamstring. They tested him early. They were moving guys around trying to figure out digs. I, it's, I guess my question to you is the same thing we said last week with Will Fuller. Sell high? I mean, it was a great opportunity to buy him. Yeah, you sell him, right? <laughs> if, you could, if you haven't tried selling him already, you're, you're doing it wrong. Like that was the Will Fuller. I like, just we don't even have to talk about that. Like I told you, Will Fuller deserves to be in worst place. Like I tried to propose to Pat on his show to put Will Fuller in worst place, and he said no. This is why he's in worst place for me. That's why because he is the Jared Cook of wide receivers. Screw you, Will Fuller. Because I even said I'm going to make it. A, you know what? There's he, no he way he dropped Will a couple down touchdowns with, too. Is he what he dropped, does. Exactly. Three touchdown passes. Three exactly. Touchdown passes. And that's why Will that's Fuller's the worst. I hate you, Will Fuller. I made an excuse. I said to myself. You're not going to disappoint because it's the Chiefs, and he's still dead. Stefan Diggs is not Will Fuller. Stefan Diggs is a completely different wide receiver. You know, to take all the tongue in cheek, the joking, the laughing aside, Stefan Diggs is still an immediate sell high because going into this game, if anybody hadn't listened, let's recap for everybody. The reason Stefan Diggs showed against the Bears, the reason he did against the Eagles, is because when you force Kirk Cousins to get pre- or force pressure on Kirk Cousins and force Kirk Cousins to make a quick decision, Stefan Diggs gets open quicker. He breaks his routes off quicker. That's who he goes to when he's under pressure, when he has to think fast. The reason that both of them hit yesterday, that Adam Thielen is what we talked about last week and said the secondary is so poor for the Eagles that both can work. But going forward, if you look at the, if you look at the, not the Eagles, the Vikings schedule, there's not a lot of teams left that got the kind of pressure against quarterbacks like the Bears and the Eagles do. So those point back to Thielen games. And for that reason, that's why Diggs is a sell high. On top, forget it, even if it was just 167 yards and one touchdown, he would still be a sell high. You selling or whole holding, Brad? Uh, no, I'm I'm gonna sell. I I don't believe in this offense at all, and I feel like the Eagles secondary was the only reason their offense was able to move the ball. I believe in Dalvin Cook, um, but I don't want anything to do with with Adam Thielen or or Diggs going forward. So if you can get anything for him after this week, I do it. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement. You don't well. believe in Madison looking better than Dalvin Cook? <laughs> <laughs> he got some play towards the end of the game, but it was funny. He like, he worked all the way up the field, and they brought in Dalvin Cook to to get the touchdown at the one. I know. How about, I almost I was. Well, I think I was in the middle of having to take Barkley out for, for potty, and I was going to tweet that Dalvin Cook was a vulture because of that. <laughs> he was for sure. I mean, yeah, we, we've said that. David Johnson did the same thing to Chase Edmonds. He vultured him. Let's let's go there for a second. I was going to go to the Chiefs and Texans game. I just want to go there for a second. Chase Edmonds, I feel we said last week that he deserves more touches, and we we're worried about David Johnson's back. Of course, he played, and, and Edmonds didn't do a whole lot. Like I mean, he found the end zone. He finishes as like a top fifteen running back. We still got tonight's game, but right. he finds the end zone. But he certainly is a guy that's trending up. Jake, is he like a flex play now, a borderline flex play with all these buys and some injuries? No, because he still only got twenty snaps. That's the problem. Like, <clears> and it seven looked touches. like yeah. yeah, yeah, it looked like it was going to be. 50 50 that first drive like it was like yeah. wow they are using chase like i started watching that game thinking oh my god 
David Johnson is going to be a bust this week. Like that, he's barely going to get any touches, and they were totally like not even telling us the truth of how serious the injury was. But he was basically done after that, and so that's why. It's like I would love to say he is, but twenty touches or twenty snaps, and then as Brad said, the touches. You can't be excited because you take away the touchdown, which was a receiving touchdown, and you don't ever want to take anything away like that. But you, you don't, you don't even want him as a flex play, and that's the concern. Is and David Johnson still out carried him twelve to five, and David Johnson was still enormous in the passing game. Yeah, so if Christian Kirk is back, everything else is back. But on the flip side, before you go, Brad, this is this was the game I was tra- telling you guys before the show that I wanted to bring up is Devontae Freeman. On the flip side of it, looked the best running he has all year long. However. It was against the Cardinals. So I don't know it's if I'm Cardinals, buying yeah. into it yet. I, this That would be somebody else I would consider selling high because a lot of people are be like, oh, finally, Devontae Freeman looks good in the running game. And it's like, eh, it's the Cardinals. Yeah, I wanted to put him in there, Brad, with the, the Stefan Diggs. Like, he's a, he's a definite sell-high candidate, I think. Yeah, 1,000%. Same same deal. Like, he, he got both of his touchdowns on on little swing pass, re, you know, receiving plays. Um it was against the Cardinals defense. That's all you can say. And, and, you know, hopefully the Cardinals defense is a little better going forward um, with Patrick Peterson coming (laughs) back this week. But, but I, I was, I will say this out of this game, I came away the most impressed with Kyler Murray because they finally scored touchdowns in the red zone. They got three touchdowns in the red zone and they were almost doubled uh, his touchdowns. Yeah. And he moved the ball. He was, he was running effectively, you know, just scrambling whenever he needed to. He, it was a really impressive game. And granted, let's go back. This is the Falcons defense. They just got shredded the week before by the Texans. So that's kind of what we expected. Everybody knew Kyler Murray was a a pretty good play this week. Um, It just showed a lot of maturity to me. I mean, this guy still has only played six games in the NFL and he's getting better every single week. I, you know, I, I, it's the Cardinals are a terrible team. I'm not saying I'm not saying that they're, you know, a, a playoff team or they're better than the Rams or anything like that, but they're they're going to potentially get Christian Kirk back next week and if that happens, that makes this offense a lot different than when you have, you know, Trent Sherfield or Keyshawn Johnson on the outside opposite Fitzgerald. I mean, right now he doesn't have good weapons to throw to. He was throwing to Max Williams of all people who you know, in, in an offense that doesn't normally use the tight end, but they don't have any other options right now. They need Christian Kirk out there. Um, you know, it, it seems like Andy Isabella is a, a huge bust right now. He's not even getting playing time um, whenever guys are hurt. So, so he's a, you know, look at him as a long-term project. He, you know, we know the athletic talent's there, but if Kirk gets back, I think that makes Kyler Murray even better because it just puts a, 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 another, another legit weapon on the outside for him to use. I, you know, I was... I'm in total agreement with you. I was very, very impressed with Kyler Murray and the fact that he didn't really have a whole lot to, to work with, right? Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson after that, it was just, there's there's basically nothing. And then at the same time, I'm just like, well, how bad are the Falcons? Like, honestly, like, they missed the extra point to, to put this game in overtime, but this is a team that's 1-5. They just went into Arizona and lost. Like, why does Dan Quinn still have a job, Jake? Is he the next guy to go? Are they really just going to wait this out all year and just let him go? Like, just get rid of him now. So screw you guys. Victory lap. No, I, like this should have been done weeks ago. Weeks ago. And the the, the, the Angela Williams and I on the pre-show, the, one of the very first shows we did was who's the first coach to get fired, and I said it was Jay Gruden, and that's why I joked and said victory lap because I said if it's not him, right behind him is Dan Quinn. He should have been fired the, the second they lost at home to the Titans. Right, and the reason I didn't want to put Dan Quinn first is because obviously if they would have started four and one, four and two, you know, had a winning record, you know, like whatever, like things would be different. And the Falcons have the talent to do that. But at this point, to your point, Chris, 
is Dan Quinn should be gone because you can't do it with this kind of talent and be this bad. Like no. there was excuses for years on end about, well, they just don't have the pieces on defense. And, you know, he's not working with this. He's not working with that. Like even some of the worst defenses in the NFL, if you have an offense like that, you know, yes, they lost on and was the best way possible is on a missed extra point. Ha ah, ha That's so great. But anyway, like your, your team shouldn't be giving up 30 points. You can't be expected to win that many games when your team is giving up 30 points. But there's enough talent on this team to not give up 30 points every single week. There's enough talent on this team for the offense to not lay eggs, which it has at sometimes, you know, this season. Like, what was it, 10 points against the Titans earlier this year? So it's all around Dan Quinn. Yes, absolutely. And I think they should do it right now. Dan Quinn should be gone. They got two games against division opponents, or not division opponents, but playoff opponents in the Rams and the Seahawks the next two weeks at home yeah. get rid of Dan Quinn right now yeah I would get I would get rid of him too Brad you refreshing over there because uh, as soon as we're done yeah I mean I, I feel I feel done. the same way it's um you know their their offense is is basically playing catch up every game if you can't beat Arizona then then you're not a competitive team at this point in the NFL because we we know the Cardinals are not um, they are fun to watch, and they are going to be fun to watch as, as Kyler Murray grows. But right now, they're a bad NFL team, and if you're getting beat by them, then that's it's either a sign of – we know they have the talent. It's not a matter of talent. So at that point, you're just not prepared to play. I put that on the coach. The, if, if he doesn't get fired this week, he's going to be fired in, in two weeks whenever they lose these next two games. And so so at that point, they'll be you know one and, one and seven or whatever, and – and yeah, he'll be gone. I mean, they just—they've allowed 87 points in their last two games. Like, it's just—yeah, you're right. I mean, Quinn's supposed to be a defensive guy. I mean, I just don't see too many wins in their in their future. Rams, Seattle, like you mentioned, Jake, then the bye, then they got to go to New Orleans at Carolina, Tampa, maybe if Jameis throws another four or five picks, then the then New Orleans and Carolina again, then at San Fran. Like, I just <laughs> this is a brutal, brutal stretch for for Atlanta for sure. Let's move over to Kansas City and Houston. Deja vu. We're talking about the the Chiefs backs one more time. But I, I, I think it's warranted. I mean, Damian Williams gets one carry and, and one catch, saves his day with a touchdown. What the hell is going on, Brad, with the mm-hmm. Chiefs' backfield? I, I honestly don't know. I, I They asked Andy Reid about it after the game, and he said that's kind of what you, you get whenever you run the run-pass option. Like, it's up to Mahomes to see what's there. If they take the run away, you start throwing it. Like, they they had nine rushing attempts with running backs in this game. That's that's just – it's not acceptable in a close game. Like, it, but – I will say this too. They ran. They their time of possession was atrocious yesterday. I think it was less than twenty minutes, or right around twenty minutes in the game. At, they were just completely. Their defense cannot get the ball off the field. Teams are running all over them, and and it doesn't matter who the running back is. Carlos Hyde became a an RB one yesterday because Perfect. it was the Chiefs. And and when they have. The Chiefs are missing two of their offensive linemen. Um, Andrew Wiley and Eric Fisher are both out, and that changes the the way they play. They even they're having to get creative just to get Mahomes enough time to throw. Um, he's scrambling. He's he's not efficient right now. Even though he you know Tyree Kill coming back yesterday was huge because it at least gave them a legitimate weapon outside. It sounds like Sammy Watkins might be back Thursday against the Broncos. I, it doesn't matter to me at this point. Yes, you still run Mahomes out there. Yes, he's probably still the QB one. But but you have to do something with the offensive line. They brought in that Stefan Wisniewski this week. I don't even think he played. And and granted, he you know he's probably got a lot to learn with a playbook, you know that kind of stuff. But they they just they're getting manhandled right now, offensively and defensively on the line. Their defensive line without Chris Jones, without uh, Dexter Williams. They they just they have nothing in the middle and and teams are just destroying them and and can't get their offense on the field. Jake, the most carries Damian's had in the season is fifty. At this point, I don't even know if he's going to break that. Uh, I don't think so either. The biggest thing, 
Like he he was behind LaShawn McCoy in snaps. I mean, that's really what it comes down to is Daryl got only got seven, so that's fine, or Darrell or yeah. whatever. And then he catches but, the fifty two he leads all backs and receiving yeah, yards. And this, and yeah, the, one, you know on one catch. Oh, one catch. Yeah. Yeah. One catch. I, I will say one thing. So McCoy had the most twenty nine and it was twenty two for Williams. Well, Damian, and then seven for Daryl Williams. I, I'll say the most frustrating thing about this is not even the fact that like it's passing and what we joked about a few weeks ago is said, hey, they, who cares about the running backs? And that's why if you want anybody, you do want Damian Williams until Daryl was the one that caught it. Yes. The most frustrating thing is that you sit back there, you see Williams in the jersey, and you're like, oh, wait, which one is it? Or then you see a two, and then you're like, is it a five or a six? Because it's McCoy or Williams. Can I get excited? Can I not get excited? And we were watching the game yesterday, and as Damian Williams took that touch, I was like, oh, my God, is it Damian? Is it Damian? Is it Damian? Yes, it's Damian. Like, I was waiting for the the number to turn so I could see if it was a five or a six. That's what's so frustrating about the Chiefs on top of it is just trying to figure out who the heck is touching the ball. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. And they, it'll, you know, that Therese Paler, uh, I give him credit for Yahoo Sports. He said something about the Chiefs need to do whatever they can to go and get a defensive back. And the reason is because, they're, you're like, oh, they're not, they're not actually, you know, getting crushed in the passing game. Their, their passing stats are not too bad against them. The problem is they're having to, to drop everybody back into the passing game because their secondary is, is, a, is not very good right now, that it's making their run game that, mo- that much more vulnerable. If you get a shutdown corner on the outside, whether it's a Jalen Ramsey, a Patrick Peterson, whoever they can potentially go and trade for, then that allows you to put more resources up to, to try to stop the run. And I think there's something to that because they have to do something like they're, they're a terrible tackling team. They're, they're just getting pushed around in the middle of the line. And it's not like teams are doing trick stuff to, to, you know, to have good running scheme against them. They're running the ball right up the middle and getting six, seven yards every single time they do it. it it's just, it's embarrassing as a chiefs fan to, to watch the defense right now. It sounds like there's some, some concerns in Kansas city right now. Would either of you guys even buy Shall low we? on Damien? Like, I mean, you could probably get him for free. <laughs> I mean, you can. I mean, I would definitely buy a load would just you, for the. Would you chance. flip Carlos Hyde for him? Uh, you this know what? This is where if we're I'm, at. This is no, where no, no. We're so, at. Uh, if I have a winning record, yes, absolutely, no question about it. If I need to grind out some wins, I, I honestly would just hold on to Carlos Hyde for now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's fair. And and I will say this about the Texans: they actually used Duke Johnson a little bit yesterday. It's not the the snap share and the and the touches that I thought he would get at the beginning of the season but they were using him and he was effective he was effective running the ball between the tackles he was effective in the passing game they he got a receiving touchdown and made you know a really the athletic is. play to get there so so yeah it'll it'll you know I still I still think Damian Williams is a buy low candidate for a couple reasons number one if their offensive line gets gets healthy, there's a chance that, that they will run the ball more. Number two, he is still the goal line back. He's still the red zone back. And I think he will still get the – but right at this point, he's touchdown dependent. And we saw that yesterday. He just didn't get the volume to, to be anything, uh, you know, where, where you can feel, feel good about putting him in your lineup right now. What's the answer, Jake? Oh, I was going back to the whole keep Kenny Stills off the field. Oh. More Duke Johnson and Kiki QT. They yeah. just – for sure. The offense is so much better with that balance. Well, like we could say Carlos Hyde had a great day. 116 yards is, is a great day on 26 carries. But right now, the only team allowing more rushing yards in the Kansas City Chiefs is Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, Lamar Jackson ran all over them yesterday. But 971 rushing yards is 162 per game so far that they are allowed. Lamar Jackson was a top five running back yesterday. Yeah, yeah, two the, of his the longest. Bengals are losing. 
the Bengals are losing, and that's why you know they're they're down big in games. That's why teams are running the ball against them. The Chiefs are are in every single game or winning, and they're still getting run all over. Like the Ravens were down two or three touchdowns at halftime, and just and ran the ball for over a hundred yards in you, the second you, half against them. You want an early week seven preview? Leonard Fournette top ten. Put him in every DFS lineup you can find. Are they playing the Bengals this week. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Man, and, and you might. I mean, you, you got to think the same thing about a, a Philip Lindsay or Royce Freeman with the Broncos this week playing the chiefs on a short week, like at home, there's a chance that Thursday they just, night. Yeah. 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 They run all over the chiefs this week. Listen to hear that podcast growling with uh, Jay Morrison and Paul Daner jr. Talking about the Bengals. Like these guys were just laughing their asses <laughs> off last night. They did a walkout on. on the show. Chris. Yeah. Dude. I, like the, the running backs that they're facing, it's, it's, it's gonna. I can't believe like, how bad it records? is. On, no. So this is what they've got coming up. This is so ridiculous. It's baffling. It's how ridiculous it is. They've got Fournette, Gurley, Ingram, Josh Jacobs, Connor, Le'Veon Bell, Nick Chubb. Like that's their that's their run. How come They're they don't have David Montgomery? Run. How come they don't have Montgomery? And need oh him my to get god! Going? And then they get the Patriots and Dolphins. So you know, and then but the Browns for the last. Their next run is like all RB ones. <laughs> unbelievable again in that podcast last night they do the walkout after every Bengals game and earlier in the week they said Lamar Jackson is going to absolutely run all over the Bengals like with no question they had had no answer for him last season I think it was maybe his first start they had no answer for him I'm just back checking yet 119 rushing yards on 26 attempts last year against the Bengals and then this week not bad for a running back not bad for a running back this week 152 <laughs> and two of his longest runs ever came in this game as well like they had no answer and they're just rolling out the same guys they said against Lamar Jackson so I mean good thing for Jackson he plays Cincinnati one more time um you know you guys owe me a little bit of an apology for for Hyde and Duke you know 105 touches for Hyde and 48 for Duke that's all I'm saying we're moving on because you know I could revisit that it WhatsApp shouldn't be chat. that way but it is <laughs> fine it shouldn't but <laughs> it is for sure uh, a couple things on the way out before we wrap up Minshew and Chark we'll just chalking that up is just one of those bad days against the against the Saints. Give some no, respect to the Saints, Saints defense. defense. You know, really good. Really, really good. Yes. So, you guys know I bought the Beowulf jersey. Yeah, I think uh, we need this to send feels, it back. No, I was gonna say. You know what this is? This is Jake feeling like he's back in high school. It's like, hey, I start to like something and it's not cool anymore. <laughs> like this, that, this is. It was a brutal game from all. Life. We talked about Chark being like matchup proof, and he, you know he didn't show up yesterday. No, this is this is so this is a hundred percent like oh like everybody loves butthole surfers oh wait they're not cool anymore great <laughs> so they're would awesome. you buy would you buy low on shark I mean you know how people are just the way that they absolutely go week to week. I, uh, yeah well, yeah absolutely he's I'll, a top I'll, ten receiver I'm, in I'm the a little league. tentative about my Minshew Beowulf jersey but I'm still a hundred percent all over Dave, Dave, Dave baby shark yeah a couple other things. Uh, we joked when Kyle Allen made his first start that maybe he was better than Cam Newton in the offense. Now there's I reports that there's that I don't believe no. that either. But he may not get his job back this season. No. That's very possible. No? no? I, don't, I, I don't care. I think it'll no. just take a loss. But I don't know that if, if Kyle Allen's, you know, 5-0 or 6-0 or whatever as a, as a quarterback, how do you take him out? I, at the same time, the moment they lose a game, then I think it's, it's easy to roll Cam back out there if he's healthy. So they got Sam Fred so after the that. Thing is like- I, never said, I never said Kyle Allen was better than Cam Newton overall. I just think he's a better passer. And, and that's where – but Cam Newton's effective because – you have to honor him in the running game and that you don't have to do that with Kyle Allen. So that, that to me is what makes Cam Newton a, a potentially more effective quarterback because we're seeing what running quarterbacks all over the league, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Kyle Allen, or uh, not Kyle Allen, but uh, 
Josh Allen and all, you know, all these guys that can move a little bit are changing the way that defenses have to play against them. That's what you have to do with Cam Newton. He was kind of the the first, you know, first guy that, you know, at least of the guys still in the league um, to, to be that way. But Kyle Allen is a completely different animal and, and he is a really good passer. And he like that. This is two games now in a row that the Buccaneers have completely shut Christian McCaffrey down outside of a couple touchdowns, you know, that, that he scored, but they 22 carries 31 yards and Kyle Allen still just move the ball up and down the field nonstop. Yeah, no, it's and but he's nonstop wasn't happening against the Jaguars. And, you know, he's like that. He should have done more against the Texans. You're not wrong in the fact that this team has looked good with him on the field and looked better than they did in the first two games against the Rams and the Buccaneers, which was a good matchup. But, you know, Newton threw for 333 in this. Like uh, the bye weeks here, the reports out there, but the report also includes the fact if he comes back at all. So I will say one thing because we'll probably get the report for a Wednesday show when I'm hosting Chris mm-hmm. and for everybody out there, I'll probably be rooting for it to happen. If I don't care wins or losses, if Cam Newton is healthy, practicing, ready to play, and they still roll out Kyle Allen, I will start the Wednesday show by saying game on. I am the dumbest man alive. <laughs> we'll be the starting instead of I am the smartest man alive. I will start the show by that because Cam Newton, when he's healthy and he's back, he's going to be under center. I think this was the dumbest thing I've heard this year. Yeah. I would agree, actually. I, I think it probably does take one loss, to Brad's point. I mean, you got the San Fran after the bye, so potentially, you know, that's Now, see, it. that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't even think it takes a loss. I think Cam Newton healthy is back. Really? Okay. I think 100%. it may take a loss. But, yeah, there are obviously a lot of reports out there that teams are interested in Cam. I think that's obvious, right? There's some reports that, you know, as many as 10 teams could be interested in Cam Newton, of course. I mean, you've seen the quarterback play out there. I mean, Miami <laughs> just rolled Ryan Tannehill. I mean, not Miami, um, <laughs> Miami, former Dolphin. <laughs> the, yeah, Titans. Um, the Titans. Do you guys care at all that, about any, I mean, uh, anybody the else? might be better. Sure, it, it, it may be. I mean, Corey Davis could be a thing again. I mean, that's – well, I, I guess that, again, or Corey Davis could for, be a for thing. Once, <laughs> for once, yeah. Well, how do you feel, Brad, with Tannehill? Like, he should start the rest of the way, right? I, I at, at least, least you have go. to roll him out there next week. I mean, we, we thought the same thing with Josh Rosen, and he was so bad yesterday he got benched in the fourth quarter. So And apparently it, they're going back to him. I got to – look – I gotta tell you, if like the trade could actually happen, I still don't. I mean, we know the trades and how rare they are in the NFL, just because nobody ever wants to give up first rounders. Let alone, we're talking about a quarterback, and the Panthers are not giving up Cam Newton for like a third or something like that. But you want the perfect scenario? Go give him to Bruce Arians and stop with his Jameis Winston bullcrap. Yeah, Winston was. I think that was the writing on the wall that Winston is definitely not a buck next year. The only problem is they have nobody to turn to. They're gonna have to make some. Yeah, moves. and they don't anymore. They they at least had you know. Not that Ryan Fitzpatrick was great last year, but he's not afraid to chuck the ball down the field. Right now, they have nobody. Five. So, yeah, they have the other Ryan Griffin. They're probably they're probably better off putting uh, Ronald Jones back there to throw some passes. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty Miller, your boy. Put him at quarterback. Five interceptions from Jameis yesterday. Just pathetic. And Ryan Fitzpatrick did take over the game for Miami. But, you know, all reports I see, Brad, this morning is that they're going to go back to Josh Rosen for the next game. Yeah, I mean, it, bottom line, they didn't score, and it doesn't matter who was quarterback. And they, you know, the Broncos' defense is pretty good. Um, the Broncos are a better team than I thought they would be, and and they're they're doing it because of their defense. The Titans, you so know, they're the not Titans, who you thought they were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're at the same at the same time. The the Broncos are not who I thought they were. The Titans are also not who I thought they were. I didn't think they were a very good team, but I did not think they would be this bad. And. And I, you know, I had him as like a, a seven and nine team out of the playoffs. There were people that were saying ten and six with them. I, I didn't see that. I thought the the under on their their, uh, you know, their win total was the way to go. And 
Um, they're, I just, I, I, I'm not seeing anything. They're not able to use Derrick Henry effectively right now. Um, getting Taylor Lewan, Lewan back, um, has not changed their offense at all. I really thought no. getting their, their starting left tackle back would be a big deal for them. It's not, they like, they have, I mean, legitimately no options. Their leading receiver yesterday had 47 yards. Their, their quarterbacks combined for, for 200 yards passing on 34 attempts. Just atrocious. And for everybody here, and this will make everybody happy since we're getting out of here, as you said, Chris, I'll say I was 100% wrong on that one, on Derrick Henry. I had Derrick Henry way too high because up until this game, you beat the Broncos by running. And you beat the Broncos by running and running some powerful running, like Leonard Fournette. Like, this is how you beat the Broncos. And I expect, if you told me Derrick Henry was getting 15 carries, first of all, I would have said that seemed low. Second of all, I would have thought that was at least 80 yards. I don't know, I said 28. So, way too high. I unfortunately didn't use him in DFS as you we talked about on the show last week but at the same time I would have never expected 15 for 28 and definitely whiffed on but to that point as Brad's saying and what you said is it starts at the quarterback position and there's it, hopefully Ryan Tannehill can do something for this offense and the, even though he didn't you know throw a touchdown but 13 16 144 yards I mean the average was nine Marcus Mariotis was 3.5 like at least this will try and hopefully get some balance to this offense yeah I don't even want to you know, crap on Henry because it's it's exactly what you just said. I mean, you got to be able to move the ball offensively. You can't just give the ball to Henry and facing all these stack boxes. I mean, there's no threat in this offense at all besides Derrick Henry. So yeah, shut out in Denver, seven points the week before Bills. Do we even care that they beat the Falcons? No, like I don't, I don't care that they beat. Nobody the Falcons. does it. <laughs> seven. I mean, honestly, that, that. that's even more right. Firing Dan Quinn and the fact that they lost it. <laughs> and are we impressed with the Week One performance at Cleveland? Turns out the Browns are just trash. So. Yeah, yeah, we're not. That Falcons game was at home for the Falcons too. That's that's sad. Yeah, that is sad. Um, all right, we're out of here. Make sure you check out Jake's article. It will come out at twelve oh one. I did want to mention Josh Allen, so make sure you just put him in your article. I mean, I like the schedule coming up, and you know, Jake, we're, we're Allen supporters. This guy's dropped over twelve oh, percent of of leagues. Got Miami, Philly, Washington, Cleveland, Miami coming up. Some pretty good spots for him. So make sure you check out Jake's article. Subscribe at the Athletic. The Athletic slash athletic.com slash the throwback will give you 40% off. Follow Brad at Brad Ziegler at all in kid at Chris Meany. Enjoy the Monday night football game tonight. Any predictions? Green Bay, Detroit, Green yeah, Bay, but Detroit pretty low covers. scoring. I don't, I don't see a lot of offense in this game. I think Detroit covers too. I think we could see an upset. All right. We'll catch you on Wednesday. Mm-hmm.